which is, you know, probably one of the biggest myths with this form of sex is that it just, it happens. This is the only good sex would be a myth, and that it just happens. And if it doesn't just happen, then it wasn't really the sex. What's sad, if we go back to like the first episode, is this idea that if it's categorically good or bad, and this is the only good category, wow, what, what a ton of pressure on a couple. Let it be this fun, almost part of your foreplay to go, every once in a while, we are just going to invest in this part of the spectrum. And yeah. in that process, together is so much fun. We Let's go to the uh, C word that I hate, compatible. <laughs> yeah, for compatible, we're really in For compatible, this should, we shouldn't have to work hard at this. Yeah, everything just comes together. It just works. And that just is flat out not true. We are two unique female professionals and friends that have come together to have meaningful conversations and a little fun along the way. Welcome to the Arable Podcast, where curious minds grow. I'm your host, Jenna Mountain, and I'm your other host, Kimberly Galindo. Okay, everyone, welcome back to our six-part series to fall back in love with your sex life, where we will continue to unpack a concept map for a variety of intimate encounters that will help your marriage flourish. This is part four. Yes, four. I had to count for a second in my head real fast. <laughs> part four on passionate sex. I do appreciate the title being what it is. Uh, if you listened to last week, if you haven't listened to any of our weeks, please go back and to the beginning of the series, which launched on September the 2nd, um, because we've been sort of building on concepts. But um, for those of you who were with us last week, um, I, I had a moment in uh, the middle of the episode where you know, really kind of looking at this continuum, it really is talking. There's so many concept overlaps here, but you could, in an oversimplified way, take in this continuum and think that 10 sex is intense sex. And I don't think that's the heart of it, but we want to make sure that we um, teach that that's not what's happening. So I actually really appreciate that passionate sex is the title of the 8 to 10. Um, this is generally where more intensity shows up and passionate would align with that, but it doesn't mean it's the most connecting. And I want to be really um, mm -hmm. clear to teach on that, but it is typically more intense. Um, it has more focus. I actually really appreciate that um, because we talk about the some of the reasons why we wouldn't be having eight to 10 sex. And it is because maybe like our energy is drained or we're in a hard season or I'm just not in that space tonight. And so there is typically more um, focus on both parties. This typically requires more time. And we're going to talk <laughs> yeah. about that. I mean, everybody's like, I want to have eight to 10 sex. And I'm like, okay, what would you like to put into it? About 10 minutes. I'm like, not going to happen. Um, so more time. Uh, I would also add that it is typically uh, more of an investment in general. And that's the, the big um, misunderstanding about how to have eight to 10 sex. Um, typically, most people are going to say that orgasms for all parties, possibly multiple versus ladies who are capable of that. Um, 
if it's desired, but I always want to like keep on the table that a woman gets to decide. You know, I think you could have really passionate lovemaking without an orgasm. I'm not going to put that out there. I think mm-hmm. that's a possibility. So I don't want to like eliminate that. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said in the introduction uh, episode, the author uses the word thermonuclear wow sex. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody, uh, to refer back to the concepts of brakes and accelerators, one of the accelerators is having some mutual sexual language. So for this author... That was a good fit for him. Um, But I think people, you know, to that point, I think people would find a lot of, um, I think you'd find a lot of variety amongst folks about what they would describe as their eight to 10 sex. What would be the word? You know, is it mind blowing? I always tease that my little cliche phrase is like, this is where you're swinging from the chandeliers, whatever metaphorically that means for you. Because let me be real honest, if I'm actually swinging from chandeliers, like that's, that's a different type of, like I'm going to have probably anxiety and some adrenaline maybe. Something else has happened prior to this moment. <laughs> yeah, so, but I do like that, that cliche thing and those words I use a lot. Um, yeah, let's talk about this eight to 10 sex. This is what everybody thinks they want all the time, I think in naivete. Mm-hmm. And it's because, you know, by definition, this is a, this is a two person event. And so nobody's having, wow, why the other person's having something else. So like, I, I think that's a, it's fun. Like two people come to the table mutually going, let's have a blast and mm-hmm. enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, to your point, the stage that you have to set there, um, at time. Um, we've talked a lot about this. The context is key and, um, you know, you have to have a sad chandelier to hang from and sometimes there isn't one (laughs) in the room right now. So, um, and again, it's, um, it is, I don't want you guys to get, um, the idea that we are, we don't think this is good or achievable because I think it's, it's fantastic. It's wonderful. Um, but it's like, um, it's a production. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And I think, um, it's not what happens on the average Monday night on accident. Right. And most of our life is spent in the, in the average parts of, of our experiences. And so I think, um, you know, it's a little bit like the, I don't know, really cool, long culinary experience when you go to dinner yes. and like you do a tasting menu and mm-hmm. it's like, you're going to experience 20 different plates and they're going to do a wine flight. And it's just this, like, you'll talk about it for a long time. Yeah. Well, what you had to do to set that up, you know, if you have children, um, I don't recommend children with a tasting menu. <laughs> <laughs> I just in a nice restaurant. So you have to get the childcare, you have to find the time and then there's work and then there's, you know, typically to have that experience, you need to set aside a good number of hours. And so is that experience bad? No, but the investment has to, to be there and it's great and it's sweet. And you, you think about it a lot and, 
um, in fact, add, add, does add fuel to the, the process. And I think even, and I've heard couples describe one of their accelerators is remembering using that imaginary part of their life, those moments. Using the, the, the largest sexual organ in their body, their brain? Yeah, using their hmm. brain to go remember that time that we had eight to ten sex and it was, you know, vacation or... Or like a staycation on a weekend. Yeah. Or we, you know, again, we, we talk about kids a lot because we work a lot with people that have kids that are like having a hard time. Um, yeah, that's the weekend that the grandparents took the kids. Even if you were just at home, it was a clean yeah. house. Things were put in place. All the breaks and accelerators have been accounted for. Plus you've done some extras. Yeah. Floors have been mopped. Kids are away. <laughs> are you noticing our female preference on this? <laughs> there is no laundry anywhere except for where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't have to cook. Um, I, yeah, for for some couples, and I want to say this because I think it's unfair for us to assume, but for some couples, many couples, when you start adding some of the props and the fun things mm-hmm. like games and lingerie, and um, there's a lot of fun things you can introduce. We love, we love um, uh, sensual sheets from Naked Bed where everything's fun. And, you know, if, if, if some of either the props like syrups and whipped creams and all that kind of stuff or bodily fluids, you like, you don't want to worry about having to clean up before you crawl in the bed because you just want to crash into, um, the wonderful endorphin rush that you're having afterwards than sensual sheets. You know, it's like you're, you're taking the time to put all of these things into place. Candles, favorite smells, um, music. Mm-hmm. You can have this at home. Yeah. Most people don't report it at home in my experience. Most and participants do not report. <laughs> most participants don't report this being like the regular thing at home. Yeah. A lot of people start reporting like when we spent a night at a hotel or we were away on vacation or, you know, we, you know, we, I, I think what I'm trying to get to is people want to have eight to 10, but they do not want to invest in eight to 10 sex. Mm-hmm. You know, eight to 10 sex requires you paying attention to you know, most of the brakes and accelerators versus hitting half of them or, or just the bare minimum, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is why eight to 10 sex doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and before we get to, I think you, know, you start thinking about any other myths that this is like, oh, okay, it's all on the woman because it's contacts and things like that. I have especially, I think about this last year in this context that we've been in the pandemic and everyone's oh working from home. I think work stress as it shows up in our sex life is a big example of stress like in general. both male and females report like, you know, they're saying like, leave work at work. Well, what happens when you're in the middle of a pandemic and you're all working from home? And then you're supposed to go have eight to 10 sex. So I even think about that factor. Um, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, I don't have these statistics. I don't think any, but I don't know. I don't I don't think most people are using this measure, but like if we were to like poll people, what would be your gut guess of like people who were able to have eight to 10 sex on the in the pandemic? I, I would think it would be, I think it would take a big hit this last 15 months. Very low. Yeah. Um, they might be having more sex because of proximity, but it's probably in that middle category if it's, you know. Maybe. Because I think a lot of people, for no relational reasons, are on the low end of their energy. 
and bandwidth barrel, and that does start to hit sex. So the flip side of that is to have eight to ten sex, you have got to have you have got to have space for reserves mm-hmm. to put toward whatever the production, the theatrics, the intensity. It requires energy. It is not for free. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at this on an intensity scale, that intensity requires an investment. Oh yeah. For sure. Of time, health, I think a lot of times in some ways, money, um, space, bandwidth, energy. It's absolutely necessary. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't just happen, which is, you know, probably one of the biggest myths with this form of sex is that it just... It happens. This is the only good sex would be a myth and Mm -hmm. that it just happens. And if it doesn't just happen, then it wasn't really the sex. I mean, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Well, if we have to work that hard at it, then we must, I don't know. There's so much shame that shows up for people. These like shame narratives of like, well, if it didn't happen by itself, then that must mean, I don't know that we really don't. I mean, some people go to the place like we really don't love each other. We're not really attracted to each other. These are questioning their marriage. Um, and at best, I'm like, maybe it's just not a priority that you know how to prioritize and we have some skill set stuff, you know? Um, there are very real reasons. The pandemic's a great example of why this would get hit and it's completely out of your control. Mm-hmm. But what's sad, if we go back to like the first episode, is this idea that if it's categorically good or bad, and this is the only good category, wow, what what a ton of pressure on a couple. Mm-hmm. And pressure and demand are thinking about breaks, some of the biggest, you yeah, know, to your to your nervous system and the sexual response cycle. Um, not to mention just frustration and shame because you know the what's wrong with me, what's wrong with us. To your point, starts to show up when you can't have this experience. Yeah. And a lot of people who get hung up on this experience are demanding the outcome. And I find oftentimes unwilling to put in the investment. And I tend to think that that I'm thinking, I'm just thinking, I think they oftentimes blame others for it too. Mm -hmm. So they want the outcome. They don't actually want to put in the investment that we try to teach is required to get there. And then they, they blame everybody else, their spouse, you as their coach or therapist. And I get real curious about that level of rigidity Mm. and where that comes from. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, we've had some conversations about scarcity, you know, being part of some of the motivation, you know, this, which then I think the dominoes there end up being kind of control and demand and what's in the tank of all that to fuel it is shame, right? Then it's just this, this is the expectation. Here's the formula. Here's where we have to go. We're not there. It's got to be something about you. I'm going to push on you. And then I've got a therapist that's telling me, this middle category of sex is best, and then I need to have all these skills. Mm-mm. <laughs> like, um, 
Because we have to. It goes back to like, well, that sounds hard and this is supposed to be easy if we really are. I don't know. Let's go to the uh, C word that I hate. Compatible. <laughs> yeah. If we're compatible, we're really in If we're compatible, this should, we shouldn't have to work hard at this. Yeah. Everything just comes together. It just works. And that just is flat out not true. Mm-mm. It's not true about many things. I'm like, we don't put that type of pressure on compatibility and like natural and organic on, I mean, everything else like that. I don't know. I just, I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Makes no sense to me. Mm-mm. Eight to 10 sex is awesome, but it is not the ultimate. And it's not where most of us live most of the time. Mm-hmm. I think the, and I want to be very clear. I do not think eight to 10 sex is represented by porn, but I think some of the rigidity around this, like hyper focus on that being the metric comes from a porn informed culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because porn very much so is focused on intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, any of yeah, pornography, and again, it's, um, I'm not saying eight to 10 sex is porn sex, but it is informed by it, you know, that intensity model, if you will, mm-hmm. that intensity is the, the ultimate, the ultimate, um, and, or the only thing I can be satisfied with. Right. Um, I think we also see that in, um, just rom-coms and, and, and media and, um, how we're entertained and how sex is depicted on screens, you know, and, um, it is typically your eight to 10 sex. It's mutual orgasms. Um, they have the same type of desire, um, same type of arousal. It's all same, same, same. They have all the time in the world. There are no barriers. The contact is perfect. And, you know, because screen time isn't real time, you know, in like, I don't know, 2.5 seconds, we've had this, Eight to ten sex. I think we see that intensity and perfection, and um, because we're under educated and not talking about sex, totally. when we have all of these other ways that we're getting informed, um, it, it's whether it's a conscious decision or not, it becomes our standard. Um, Ooh, how many passively unconscious? standards have we taken in that are hurting us yeah what a profound statement yeah i mean there's a lot with sex which you know in a lot of spaces we you know aren't going to talk about it because you should just know about it but then we're being influenced and it's just wounding us because we're going intensity is the goal it isn't every time you just knocked off most of the spectrum it's just like, what are you going to do with the rest of your life when you're not on vacation? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, we don't want people doing like zero to two, right? Pity or duty sex. Mm-hmm. But that means three to ten is on the table unless you have this rigid mindset. Guys, <laughs> 80 percent is better than eight to ten is only 30 percent of the deal. 20 percent of the deal, right? Mm-hmm. So you're literally giving up over half of 
Girl, like, I don't know. You're losing a lot. You're losing so much for that rigidity. Yeah. And yet, people will hold on to it. And I'm I'm, I'm with you. It's like, it's scarcity mindset. God, it's so wounding. And it's misunderstanding this spectrum as the highest quality being the most intense. Mm-hmm. Because again, I work with people and they start doing the nurturing and good enough connecting sex in a really, truly intimate way. They find themselves being very satisfied and they're still not having eight to 10 sex every weekend because it takes time, money, resources, investment, things like that. Mm-hmm. Majority of their satisfaction is coming from the other. Mm-hmm. And when they do, of eight to 10. Right. Uh, it's real great. It's better. It's better because they're spending their time in the good enough world. And I'm like really happy and delighted. And I think when you're in that place of health for yourself and in your relationship, one, even when they have the eight to 10 sex, they're like, yeah, it was great. And we're also okay with this other experience that we're having too. And it's just, gosh, it's so rich and um, fulfilling and people, people tend to express just being happier, you know? And I think To our point about intensity, I think a lot of people think they're having 8 to 10 sex and they're not. Mm-hmm. Because they're not truly intimate. Mm-hmm. 8 to 10 sex truly can only happen when you're having this deep connection that's with it. To your point. Yeah. It's real hard to set up all those props and get on the same page and coordinate efforts to make 8 to 10 happen when you can't dialogue, you're not connected not vulnerable, you're not known. I think some people are probably creating really hopped up dopamine and adrenaline scenarios thinking they're making eight to 10 sex because that is intense. Mm -hmm. I think eight to 10 sex only happens when intensity and intimacy collide. Mm -hmm. Oh, I agree. In a real beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, I don't think you can have yeah, to your point. You can't have 8 to 10 if you're not doing the rest of it. <clears throat> and it's just some sort of, probably, coincidence that it's all... Because I'm thinking, uh, again, if it, it, it requ- requires investment, then... But y'all don't talk. I don't know how you get to 8 to 10, so... I don't either, because, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just a lot. And I bet, in fact, I know this to be true because I've, I've, I've sat with these stories where it's like one person was pursuing eight to 10, but because they weren't dialoguing, the other person wasn't showing up for that. Like both people have to be signing up for that to your Mm -hmm. point. Like you could have like made reservations at the things all day long, but if the other person's like, I don't, I'm not ready for that. Like, I don't care how positive you think that was. Mm -hmm. They weren't with you in that. You have to be with each other in this process. I see that a lot. It's like, hey, everything I did was so technically great. Why isn't? Why can't they just show up? I did it all, and I'm like, this has got to be a coordinated effort. It's usually best when your spouse knows what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to enjoy it more, and so do you. Oh yeah. You just took eight to ten efforts and turned it into duty sex. 
Yo. Oh. <laughs> That's not good. That's disappointing. That's very <laughs> disappointing. That's an understatement. And expensive. A very expensive You could do that for free at home. Yeah. <laughs> you bought a hotel for hotel that. listener. <laughs> yes. Yes, y'all. You can't really do 8 to 10 by yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I got the giggles now. You can't. Yeah, mutuality. We we care a lot about that. Coordination, communication. Come on, it's coordinated y'all. effort. We're getting goofy now. Um, yeah, it take it. It really does require the other things. So, lest you mistake the scale for intensity only, the intensity only matters and goes well and is enjoyed by all parties when it is intimate vulnerable, mutual, consensual. Um, We can't stress that enough. So if you want eight to 10 sex, you're going to have to lay the foundation. Yeah. You have to do the work. And it's all the things that you think have nothing to do with sex, but have everything to do with your sex life. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have to do the other work which is planning for the intensity. So really you have to invest in both the intensity and the intimacy. The intimacy being all the groundwork relationally that we've talked about up until this point and the intensity being all of the resources it takes to have eight to 10 sex in most cases. And then let's, let's just have a nice little alliteration here and then intentionality. Mm-hmm. This does, I'm sorry, 9.9 times out of 10, this does not happen on accident. I guess I won't completely, I won't say never, but I, I, I think the vast majority of the time, especially in long-term committed monogamous relationships, this is happening with intention and planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and intentionality. In all, in all honesty, I think can be such great, uh, such a great accelerator. And um, it's an aphrodisiac. For it's me. an aphrodisiac. And well, I think about <laughs> like, like it's man, foreplay. It is foreplay. To start thinking about, am I investing in, my, in myself and in, in the other person, and really checking in on. Okay, so we really want to. Where's our intimacy? And then if we want to add intensity, like I, I think it can be reframed because I think sometimes it's like, oh, it takes its time. You know, I think, oh, okay, well, it's, we're getting into duty pity at that point. Like, let it be this fun, almost part of your foreplay to go. Every once in a while, we're just gonna invest in this part of the spectrum. And yeah. in that process together is so much fun. We talk about, yes. I don't know, whether you're planning your vacation or your staycation or your evening away with the, where the kids are at the grandparents or, you know, whatever the context might be to enjoy that whole process and how intentional that has to be. And, um, letting that be again I think there has to be a reframe on that because I hear this like oh another thing to check off the list or Mm -hmm. that I have to do versus no I have the honor and privilege of 
having the ability to, to pursue this with my spouse. And we just had a lot of fun in the whole process of it all. Um, you know, I, you're using a lot of words like play and fun and it, it would behoove us not to explain that like you can only do that in vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You cannot be playful and uh, childlike get in touch with your inner kid and have a lot of fun unless yeah. you're willing to be vulnerable because I think um, you need to be able to be vulnerable and you need to be in a safe context in order to, to have that kind of playful fun that just allows for imperfection and we're just going to have fun along the way and we're going to be intentional and it is very um, thoughtful and investing but um also play and vulnerability I mean they yeah they just go hand in hand because we don't have a formula and it we don't get to know the outcome which is the vulnerable part of it but we can have such a incredible experience um but play super important um yeah it in I think all forms of you know, sexual intimacy, but really this one too. You're gonna be because yeah. you're gonna think about the concept of play when you watch kids. They're playing at something. It's not work. It's not perfection. It's just we're gonna play this game and see how it goes. Or they'll make something up with their imagination, or they'll you know form Play-Doh into something hilarious, and you know they didn't know that's where they were going with it. And so it's this really sweet sweet organic fun there's just joy in all of it kind of in the process um so that's a really important i think heart posture and experience with eight to ten too me too okay friend what's your takeaway um you know i think um I think it's just how rich this experience can be, but this is almost an added benefit to all of the other experiences that we need to be having um, as we build intimacy and as we build connection. And, you know, um, this is almost kind of a eight to ten is kind of this fun bonus that happens and that it can't happen unless we've, built the foundation and, and had the other experiences that we've described along this process. Yeah. Yeah. What's your takeaway? Honestly, I think mine is just, um, I think it's when you made that pandemic comment, you kind of brought that into the space. I think early in the, in the, episode and we're we're just sitting here kind of unpacking and talking about that has not probably been possible for most people I would say that for me included you know I mean it's just not it's probably not possible and so I am looking forward and I want to invite others to look forward to rebuilding those pockets of their lives again Mm-hmm. I think it's my takeaway. Just a reminder that, like, yeah. as we are, and it's not done, 
we're walking out of it. But, you know, where you can, start to reinvest back into where you can find some of that space. I think that that's, yeah. a, that's a good invitation to end on. Yeah, I love it. Thank you for joining us. Arable Podcast is hosted by Jenna Mountain and Kimberly Galindo. And edited and co-produced by Chris Vargas and hosted on Podbean. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Visit our website, arablepodcast.com, and find Arable Podcasts on Instagram or Facebook. You can also find both of us on Facebook. You can find me, Kimberly Galindo, on Instagram at the Kimberly Galindo. And me, Jenna Mountain, on Instagram at the Jenna Mountain.